Welcome to Lonely Girls, a podcast dedicated to examining, archiving, and applauding the loneliest girls in media and pop culture history. I have just sprinted through this post-9-11 airport with little to no security chasing after me. Oh, wild. And I have come to this gate to um, let you know that... To me, you are perfect. <laughs> I don't remember anything else from that card um, shuffle. Well, uh, oh, oh, I'm yeah. with I'm with um, the the wife of my best friend, who I'm secretly in love with, oh. Rebecca Botter. Hi, Maddie. How are you? I'm feeling festive. I do too. You feel festive? Yeah, you have corduroy pants on, and that makes me feel festive. Yeah, there's really nothing more festive. Famously than corduroy pants. Yeah, especially when your husband's best friend is wearing them. I think that's what good King Wenceslas was wearing. Yeah. Good King Wenceslas came in. have been singing a lot today. Uh, I have been singing a lot today. Mm -hmm. I think that... That sounds kind of passive aggressive, (laughs) but just (laughs) Maddie has been... Like, am I wrong? No, I've been singing a lot. Maddie's been singing a lot today. I because wonder what that means. I think that means that uh, the the joy of Christmas is has been with you all along. Oh my god! So y'all, we have a a Christmas, a Christmas surprise. surprise. We have a Christmas surprise for you guys. And surprise, we're we here. We have a holiday episode for y'all. So one of our favorite episodes of all time is "He's Just Not That Into You." Yes. I don't know if it's y'all's favorite episode, but it's our our favorite episode. It's our favorite episode. It's really good. And when we recorded it, Mm -hmm. we decided that what we should do at some point in the near future, if not immediately, Immediately. would be to discuss the British equivalent of He's Just Not That Into You, Mm -hmm. which is Notting Hill. No, uh, which is Love Actually. Actually. Um, But we wanted to cover Love Actually because we both realized that it was Deeply, deeply important to us. Mm-hmm. And I think deeply important to um, two nations that mm-hmm. are oftentimes at cultural uh, odds with one another. There's nothing more lonely in this world than uh, international diplomacy. Also, I think the holidays can are, be quite lonely. They can be quite lonely. So, I, I mean, besides that, Maddie and I are celebrating Christmas together. Um, we also were like the lonely girls. We want to give y'all a little, we want to give you a little Christmas Christmas surprise surprise. and also a holiday surprise for all who have Uh, hope. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, before we can get into our topic, what was your lonely girl moment of the week? Okay. So we've had quite a week Mm. and not much of it has been spent apart from one another. Not a moment. Not a single second, except for when I was sleeping. And and while you were sleeping until 2 p.m. Yeah. I'm fine. No, she's great. I'm doing great. But aside from that, 
um, we've spent a lot of time together, so it hasn't allowed for a ton of loneliness. Mm -hmm. But there was a very distinct moment where we attended. So for context, the reason why Rebecca and I are together right now Mm -hmm. is Rebecca's younger sister, Bivy, was cast in the lead role of Clara in The Nutcracker. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, that was important enough to um, view. Mm -hmm. So I came with Rebecca to uh, her hometown, and we viewed Bivy perform as Clara in The Mm -hmm. Nutcracker. Um, You saw it four times in a row. I... Saw all performances except one. Mm-hmm. Saw three times. And on our last night mm-hmm. in your hometown, we um, went out with your sister. Yeah. And your sister's childhood friend. Mm-hmm. It, her name, for context, y'all, is Maggie Bell. Maggie Bell. She doesn't go by Maggie. Her name is Maggie Bell. Maggie Bell. So we went out to dinner with Maggie Bell, Mary, Hail Mary, and Mary's friend, Erica, Mm -hmm. Rebecca and I. And we were trying to find something fun and exciting to do after dinner. And Maggie Bell says we should go to Slide and Ride, Mm -hmm. which is a, well, it's called in town, it's called the Rodeo. If you you wanted to Google Maps it. Mm -hmm. It would be called Slide and Ride. Yes. But Jackson Nights, we call it The Rodeo. The Rodeo, which is a bar slash bull riding arena. In a strip mall. In a strip mall um, slash line dancing hall. And pool And pool hall. It was just such an experience. And we walked in, and I I feel like there was a moment of apprehension for all of us where we Mm. said... Ooh, I don't know if we should do this. This might this might take us to a place we uh we don't need to get to on this Christmas on this holiday eve. Mm. And we walked inside and it was everything we could have ever wanted and more. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that could have prepared us for slide and ride. Mm-hmm. Um and my particular lonely moment was uh this is a they had Bull riding, indoor bull riding. Yeah, uh, which was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. Um, and in between the sort of like five seconds, two to five seconds that these riders were able to stay on the bulls, mm-hmm. they the DJ would play these like insane sort of like pumped up punching country Y two K hardcore jams. Mm. And at one moment, it was like. Save a horse, ride a cowboy, while the cowboy was still on the bull, but he had gotten flung off, and so they had to switch bulls and riders, and they they started playing Mr. Brightside by the Killers, mm-hmm. and it was this really beautiful unifying moment of of uh, of guys and girls of of all uh, of all color and creed. Um, standing around this bull riding arena, uh, screaming, screaming the lyrics to Mr. Brightside. While like a cowboy is like thrusting. Because when one rides a bull, it's quite, if you slow it down, it's quite um, sexual. sexual. So then he's warming up to do it, which then is him like thrusting in a rhythmic movement. Yeah, to Mr. Brightside. And I just remember the moment where like, you know, people are in it and the DJ, he knows people are in it so much. He 
cuts off the music and we continue to sing the lyrics to mm-hmm. Mr. Brightside and he brings it back in. And I, I, that was a real lonely girl moment for mm-hmm. me. I think there's nothing lonelier than singing Mr. Brightside at a watching a cowboy watching a cowboy slowly just pra- just practice ride a bull mm-hmm. wearing like a turquoise shirt mm, and like, no fucking helmet mm-mm. and like uh, turquoise pants with stars on yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah some of them wear helmets and some didn't wear helmets. the guy that I'm thinking of that I think we're both thinking of did mm-hmm. not put a helmet on nope. and we were stressed yeah that to say the least yeah yeah. Rebecca, what was your lonely girl moment? Mm, thank you so much for asking. So when I was telling Maddie what I wanted to talk about, she was like, make it fun, make it fun. And being that. told to make one's sad moment fun is very lonely girl. <laughs> so I could say it was right there. Right there, right then. Right there, right then. But um, watching The Nutcracker, which Maddie and I actually, I like texted her a year ago before we were like as good of friends. And I was like, Sugar Mom Fairy, Nutcracker. And uh, Maddie was like, oh my gosh, I love The Nutcracker. It's actually so important to me. And it was when like uh, kind of Lonely Girl was still like a cell being created. Yeah, it was a zygote. It, it was. And um, watching, now that Lonely Girls exists, now that so much of this circle has come full. Um, Ooh. Yeah, thank you. I was looking at like uh, the set, which is has stayed the same since I was three. Mm-hmm. And Maddie, you watched it. Can't you see in like my personal style, in the Lonely Girl style, oh, yeah. the influence of absolutely this? Pr- the, the not costumes. just not just the Nutcracker, but no, like no, no, that but this production. production of the Nutcracker, the costumes, mm-hmm. the um, the the sort of mm, sort of liminal wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. Like velvet, yeah, just things were velvet, and lots there's like of, lots of like frills, but mm-hmm. in like a sort of pastoral, yeah, pastoral, less like um, like little Bo Peep and less like Lolita, yeah, it's more sort of like classical feminine, yes, it's good, thank you, thank you. It was a good performance. I've seen the Nutcracker many times, and yeah. that was. A very, very, very well done Thank show. Thank you. Especially for like the middle of nowhere Tennessee. Yeah. Like surprisingly good. No, very good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very proud of it and I think it's a really little special gem. Um, but anyways, watching that and I think, I don't know. I think like just kind of maybe registering and this isn't exactly fun or sad, but just kind of like registering in the, I think... I think that production of The Nutcracker you just saw kind of created my concept of The Lonely Girl. And mm-hmm. not just The Nutcracker, but I think um, I think that production has just had a huge influence on me. And also, shout out to Bibby, just watching her oh. do the choreography and doing everything. and just She's being, essentially on stage 98% of the time. 98% of the time. She is... The heart and soul of that entire performance, and mm-hmm. she car- She's fourteen. She carried the entire weight of the show on her shoulders, and yeah. she killed it. She did. It was very exciting to watch. She. I'm excited to watch her 
continue to grow and perform. Mm -hmm. She's very special. She's a very special girl. She's a very special girl. (laughs) Um, Y'all, real fast. Can I say this? (laughs) I think it's really funny. Um, uh, I was talking to my dad uh, yesterday morning right before we left, and Maddie famously has to sleep 30 minutes after I wake up. Yes. Um, as I learned, um, and I was at the house making some coffee, making our, uh, peppermint mocha creamer coffee. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dad was like, baby, I'm, I'm just so glad you've got Maddie in your life. She's a really special girl. And also (laughs) dad has, I've explained dad like what Maddie does so many times and he like really doesn't care. I'm like, yeah, she did like a target ad in Gucci. Dad's like, well, okay. Anyways, Um, (laughs) but anyways, uh, I was, he's like, she's a real special girl that Maddie's real sweet, real special. And, um, I was like, yeah, dad, she's so cool and she's so smart. Dad was like, oh, I don't know really about that. He's like, but she's, she's a really special girl. <laughs> and and he, like, means that. But also that means what I think is sweet is her being, she doesn't even have to be cool. She doesn't have to be smart. And no, she's still. and I'm still a special girl. Isn't that, no, isn't that kind of sweet? No, it was incredibly sweet. I was very, I was so touched. I yeah. was like, wow, that's really and nice. You and can, you can tell he thinks you're a special girl. I do. Yeah. I do. You've got to, your dad's. Your dad's so funny. He's so sparkly. He's so sparkly. He's such a character. Yeah. Do I make more sense now? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so speaking of very special Special girls girls and boys. And boys. In special places. Mm -hmm. We're about to talk about Love Actually. We are, because Love Actually is all around us. Love Actually is all around. Maddie? Yes. What was your introduction to Love Actually? Okay. I have a really distinct memory of, like, any time I would go to my grandparents' house, it would be on TV during Christmas. And I famously had such a massive obsession with Kira Knightley. Like, she was my first absolute girl crush. That I, makes so much sense. Oh, she... I was I was obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. I was obsessed with Pirates of the Caribbean. The Venn diagram of my personality is Pirates of the Caribbean and Pride and Prejudice. And I think that makes so much sense that you're like, oh, that's a woman. Yeah. No, that that to me, I was like, who is this? And I, I remember going into Love Actually, and the first scene I really registered, I think the first scene that, like, it, the TV was on... It's the scene where Kira Knightley's character is watching herself. Watching herself, she says, "I look quite pretty, don't I?" And without context, that scene makes no sense. No. And I just remember being like, "What is this? Like grown-up art house film?" And then I it like exited my mind until I was probably in my teens, and then it came back, and it was like, oh, Love Actually, I've oh, seen that. Yeah, like, oh, that's where that scene is yeah, from. Yeah, but but Kira Knightley, the reason why I watched many, many things was because Kira Knightley was in it. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness for Kira Knightley. Thank goodness. Rebecca, what was your uh, introduction to Love Actually? I, okay, so famously, I, I love that I've just opened up that I was a little, just like a prude. Yeah. You know, and I was in college whoa actually actually because like in my hometown no one was gonna show me no one was gonna show me that no one's gonna show me boobs yeah um I remember even like the holiday I was like oh a little scandalous 
And um, you like, can you believe how far I've come? I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's like really been a long time. Yeah. Um, and Love Actually is um, had a lot of actors I liked. Yeah. It, it it's one of those movies that you've seen the poster a million times, and like somehow like you know what it's about, but you don't. You always and, forget. Yeah. And then um, I love the library. And one of my passions in life, I y'all, I just got a new laptop. Like since meeting you, yes, I had a dinosaur laptop for the longest time because I love a DVD player and oh, I love yeah. director's commentary. Yes, yes I yes, love yes. director's commentary. Yes, you do. And so I got Love Actually from the library in college. I watched it and was scandalized. There, they were saying the f word. <gasps> And uh, the part, the, the most clever bit of the film with Martin Freeman and Joanna Page, and um, there is nudity mm-hmm. involved. And uh, it's like the sweetest couple of the movie. That's why it's so, so stinking cute. And they're such cute actors. And um, I was absolutely scandalized. And I remember thinking, if only this part wasn't in the movie. But anyways, so, I mean, that is where I am in life. I mean, so the film starts with Bill Nye's character, who's um, sort of a a formerly heroin-addicted aging rock star who is in the middle of recording the dumbest cover of, uh, the dumbest Christmas song in the entire world. He plays Billy Mack, who is... um, uh, 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 you know, he he kind of like runs the gamut. He's sort of like our our omnipotent narrator in a sense. I mean, he's not really Hugh Grant is the narrator, yeah. but he's the one who interacts with no one else in the script. He's just the voice that people hear. He's just mm-hmm. a song that people hear. No one else in the film intersects with him at all. Mm-hmm. That's true. His storyline is kind of, I mean, it, it elevates the film. So, what do you think is Billy Mac, Bill Nye's loneliest moment in the film? Mm. I mean, it's off screen. It's the Elton John party. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's you didn't good. tell me that was good. That's good. Went, oh, yeah. And I went, thank you. Like, it, as <laughs> no, if, but you knew. You knew I, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do really like that story. And if you think about his. Uh, his manager, his fat manager. Uh, oh, his, uh, his, his manager. His manager Joe, played by Gregor Fisher. Very good. Yeah, I think it's the Elton John party, and I do think it's one of those things where famously Maddie and I love the actually. What love we love actually is um, like platonic love, like yeah. the, the great romance of, it, this is a very Charlotte of Bill Nye. I know. Be like, actually. What if we can be each other's soulmates? And they are each other's soulmates. I think they are, and I think that's beautiful, and I would watch an entire film just about them. What do you think Joe, the manager's lonely moment was? And also, we've talked about this. We might find people who are not lonely girls. In general, this is a film of lonely girls. I don't think he's a lonely girl. Mm. I think he's I think he's just happy to uh, you know, I think he lives his life and when his when his friend feels like hanging out, he's like, "Oh, that's really nice. Thank I, you." But I think that maybe is why they're the loves of each other's lives is because 
lonely girls need non-lonely girls. Exactly. We love a lonely girl, lonely girl, but sometimes you want other... This sometimes is, you need um, just a guy who Drew wears his, his, his denim button-up and his denim pants. I th- When I think about that character, that is what I see, yeah. is him in the sound booth just being like, with denim on denim. And I love that look. Okay, cool. So let's talk so, about, let's move into, um, I think that's a good place to start because mm-hmm. it's the one that's not really connected to anything. Great. Let's go into Hugh Grant. Yeah, I was about to say, that's kind of the, there isn't a lead to a movie, but he is the narrator. He's the narrator and he plays the new prime minister. Yeah. Which I think is maybe one of the reasons why it didn't do as well in the UK as it did in the US mm. because we can sort of suspend disbelief and be like, yeah, of course Hugh Grant could be like a hot young prime minister. Mm-hmm. Whereas like at the time I think the prime minister was like who wasn't sexy or cute. Yeah, nobody was like and I think now in politics, I think that was always like or very early 2000s where we used to be like, let's uh, let's follow this likable character, the president. And you're like, I don't really want to think about no. the president and, I, and he's also not like the I, lead of my rom-com. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I will say Hugh Grant, I don't think anyone else could have done that role. He's been in a lot of Richard Curtis's movies. Yeah. He's kind of Richard Curtis, who I don't think he's he, Richard Curtis's muse. muse. Yeah. And in Uncut Jobs. In Uncut Jobs. But anyways, it, Richard Curtis's sweet way of writing coming out of Hugh Grant, it, it just, it works. He's sort of like the Meg Ryan for Nora Ephron. Yeah. You know? I'm sure he'll love that. Yeah. But um, what do you think is his lonely, lonely girl moment of the film? Oh, oh, oh. I feel like... Yeah, what's yours? I feel like it's when he reads the letters. That's what I was going to say. I feel like there's nothing more lonely girl than like reading a letter. From your employees. That you're being like, yeah, the, we're, we, we like you. You're great. Thanks so much for paying us. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for giving us health care. I, I, I agree on that being the lonely moment. I do think another moment is, I think another lonely girl moment is when he tells his head of staff that he thinks Natalie should be put somewhere else. Mm, I thought you were going to talk about him dancing. No, though that is dancing is so lonely, girl. But dancing I do th- by yourself to like a pop song and then being caught in the act yeah. by your one of your secretaries. I'll take it down. No, it's so good. But I do think, and and one thing is, um, we can just kind of move. Obviously, Prime Minister does get with the girl, Natalie, and. People, there are so many articles on like why love actually is problematic, and then now there are new articles coming out on why love actually isn't problematic. Well, it's sort of like why love actually is problematic, and it's okay for us to watch love actually yeah. because it's a relic versus yeah. it being like a sort of like lens, the Bible for love. Yeah, like like contemporary contemporary love stories aren't told in the same way but there's something really charming about how much time has passed and yeah. like what life looked like 20 years ago and and also I will say Richard Curtis is a really good writer and I'm not saying this legitimizes or makes any of these things the characters do okay but he does make it a little harder yeah because with Richard Curtis he's like yeah 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 but yeah he he did send her to work somewhere else 
I think the next character we should talk about is Natalie. Okay, obviously, yeah. Natalie, what do you think is her most lonely? Natalie Natalie is played by the actress uh, Martine McCutcheon. And she's so good. And she's so good. Do you want me to answer first? Yeah, what do you think her loneliest moment is? Okay. Her most lonely girl moment. All, um, the first thing that comes to mind, it's also off screen. It's being felt up by the President of the United States. Oh, I had a very different one. That is very lonely, girl. I think <laughs> I think writing a letter to the Prime Minister that think, you're yeah. his actually, actually is very lonely. I'm yeah. kind of like, was she like halfway into a bottle of sherry? I do, yeah, like, no, I do want to know. Okay, one thing I will criticize this film on is like, yes, I believe it because the actors are good and like, I believe the actors. You kind of just have to believe that like, Romantic things have been happening since we last saw them. Mm, mm -hmm. There's not a ton of like distinctly like, oh, this is where I fall for you moments. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of like, this is where I confess to you moments. Yeah. Natalie, I do. I like writing the letter too. Mm -hmm. um, That's a very lonely girl yeah. thing to do. Who do you think is a bigger lonely girl, Hugh Grant or Natalie? Hugh Grant. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. There's nothing there's something really lonely about being, being the, the prime, prime minister, minister. <laughs> and being like a very uh like, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. like a silly prime minister. Just a silly handsome unmarried prime minister. Mm -hmm. So, so Natalie is mm. um she lives, she's got a family. Mm -hmm. We see that. It's adorable. But one thing we learn is that Natalie has a next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and this next-door neighbor happens to be the character of... Mia. Mia. And now Mia is kind of a... They're all supporting characters, but she's like a supporting, supporting character. She supports a supporting character. Mia plays the secretary to a... Um, a businessman. I don't really know. One I thing feel I like they're in publishing. Why do I feel like they're in or publishing? Like, or like marketing. Yeah. You know, there's it's something with a lot of like open concept mm -hmm. business spaces and like people draw on like slightly slanted um, surfaces mm -hmm. with lights late at yes. night. Yes. Um, so Mia, Mia's such an interesting character because we were talking about like She's a she's a woman on a on a mission. She knows what she wants. She, she knows what she wants, and who she wants is her boss, Alan Rickman, and doing kind of like a bang up job with it. I she's mean, doing I, a great job. I have never tried to seduce someone harder than that, and I I feel like I've really you know done my dues. But mm. she really sort of she put me to shame. Yeah, she did. Do you think she's a lonely girl? No. No. I, I think that's I mean, where okay, her... there is a moment, though, where, like, she's walking around her apartment with the necklace on. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is, like, I don't know. There is something a little lonely about that. Especially because it's a heart. It's a heart necklace. And... She's just walking around her apartment in lingerie, mm -hmm. and there is something empowering, but also something not. Here's here's my rebuttal, yeah. though, is just she's unwavering. Mm -hmm. I think if her eyes, and I don't want to, like, blame the actor, but I don't know. I feel like it was played so on the nose. Yeah. But if there was even one moment of her, like, glancing away or, like, 
fidgeting. Like coquettish. But yeah. she was like, she literally was like, there'll be dark corners for you to plunge your willy into me. Yeah, and but even if she was just <laughs> looking in the mirror at one point with anything besides smug status and just confidence yeah. in her, even if she like kind of like glanced down and just touched it a little nervously, yeah, that would have given the character like 15 more yeah. shades. Yeah, but, but it wasn't. I don't think she was written to be an actual character. She was more written to be a foil to our characters, our, two of our favorite characters yeah. in, in Love Actually. Um, the character played by Alan Rickman, who's, some, who's a boss. You know, he's a boss. He's a, he's a boss. His, His name, name is, is Harry. Harry. And uh, the main conflict in Love Actually is between him and his wife, played by Emma Thompson. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite things about Love Actually is how many actors are just also in the Harry Potter series. Mm -hmm. And I do like that canonically, Professor Snape and Professor Trelawney in an alternate universe are married. I think a lot of Harry Potter fans liked that. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we all liked that. We did. Okay, so Harry. Harry is a complicated character, and I think directed by anyone else, he would have been detestably unlikable, played by anyone else. He mm -hmm. would have been a, just an absolute bastard. Mm -hmm. But directed by Richard, played by Alan Rickman, he is shockingly sympathetic mm -hmm. it's hard to feel bad for him and, and I think another part of it is just like watching Hugh Grant dance around giving him another shade is so beautifully Alan Rickman is very infested and like a like a paternal or brotherly yes. love for his employee Laura Linney yeah. aka Sarah so he has this juxtaposition of like lovingly telling Sarah like Kind of like, get your act together. You love Carl. Yeah. Um, And so sweet and so invested. So it's this juxtaposition of like, he's not doing a good thing, but he's almost playing two characters. To me, he might be one of the loneliest girls. And it, same with like Bradley Cooper. I think in, mm -hmm. in He's Just Not That Into You. I think uh you can read it in a very black and white way and mm -hmm. he's a bad guy who did a bad thing to a wonderful person but you sort of see i don't know there it's very easy to be swayed when your gorgeous secretary Just is spreading her legs in for a you skirt and asks and asks for a present a christmas surprise a christmas surprise and um, so what is his loneliest girl moment? Ooh, okay. So I think his loneliest moment is um, one of our, uh, one of just the world's most favorite scenes in movie history is when um, Rowan Atkinson is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is, is just tying, and he's putting together the most ridiculous uh, Christmas present gift of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something so British about that. Well, Rowan it, Atkinson is, is so British. He's the most British. He's the most British. And I feel like what I love about this film is like, there are things that I can watch and go delightfully like, oh, it's so British. Mm -hmm. And we love that. And that scene where Alan Rickman is doing his, like doing something really horrible. Mm -hmm. He's buying 
a 270 pound necklace, mm -hmm. which adjusted for inflation, probably like $340. Adjusted for inflation right now is probably like closer to 600. Brick. Yeah. That was a, he bought a $600 necklace for his secretary. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big offense. And it's played in the most obscenely comedic way. In the most obscenely comedic scene in the movie. In the movie. It almost, it, so Richard Curtis got his start because um, Richard Curtis and Rowan Atkinson were writing partners. Oh, That's fun. how Richard Curtis got his start. So that's why you have Rowan Atkinson kind of doing something, Black Adder. Yeah. So Richard Curtis, faulty, faulty towers, yes. black adder. Yes. Yeah. They he they wrote them together. Yeah. So that's it's that's why Rowan like almost doesn't fit into the movie, but he does. Yeah. And there's just kind of like no way Richard Curtis was gonna yeah. make this movie and not put in his his favorite actor. No. Hands down. I wait. Let's I have one. It's just like knowing once Emma Thompson knows and him just like living with the woman he loves so much. And just like being, like reaching out and knowing that she's hurting and she can't like take his hand. Yeah. Because of something he did. Yeah. I think that's very lonely girl. That's just fucking lonely. <laughs> I know. No, but I. That's actually like a. We've never really talked about anything like that. But yeah. I think I think that's self-inflicted lonely girlness. Yeah. Okay. So Emma Thompson. let's let's talk about his wife. So he has a wife mm -hmm. that he's he doesn't I mean he emotion he has an emotional affair. He doesn't do anything besides give his secretary a, ne a necklace. He slow dances with her in front of his wife, which is bold move. Bold move, but I think even at that point he's like I think he's just like fully living in like the delusion of being able to have both. Which is, like, usually what happens at some point in extramarital affairs is, like, mm -hmm. the idea that, like, oh, I can do both and make this work. Mm -hmm. um, he might not even, especially because Emma Thompson says, like, be careful with that one. Mm -hmm. But Emma Thompson is kind of a, I don't know, she's written very well. Like, Richard Curtis, this is the best role in the film, clearly. Famously. Famously. She has some of the best lines. She's funny. Mm -hmm. She's sexy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, and it means that it, it doesn't matter if you're um, funny and sexy and um, smart, your husband will cheat on you, according to Richard it's Curtis. Not about, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about men. Um, Emma Thompson, I mean, I think... There's no way we don't have the same lonely girl moment. It's, it's one of the most. It, I would say it's like one of the most famous lonely girl moments in history. Yeah, it, it's funny because like you know those like Vanity Fair interviews and they're like, oh, what's your favorite scene or what's the best acting you've ever seen? Yeah. And I've heard multiple times actors go, "This scene in Love Actually." When with, with there's nothing lonelier than crying, trying not to cry and like looking up, and then. Jumping into like, ah, like oh my gosh, so being lonely. able to do that so organic, like that is acting class. And I do, it's such good. Acting. She did talk about it in an interview, and she says like when I, you know, actors try to cry in films, mm -hmm. they sigh, they go, <sighs> and she said the thing that she kept repeating to herself when she was 
filming that scene is cry, don't sigh. Mm. Just cry, don't yeah. sigh. And there's something about holding in that, like, <sighs> that exhale mm -hmm. that she does. She's mm -hmm. really actively trying not to cry. Exactly. That's the thing is I think, like, like as an actor who, like, you're in an emotional scene and you're like, oh, my gosh, cry. But the best moments when you see an actor cry that breaks your heart is not when they're getting that, like, oh, good, I've acted myself into tears. It's actually when a character is like, I'm not going to cry because the audience is relating to that they're like oh no 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 i've yeah. been in public i've seen yeah this happen and i'm trying not to cry and Joni mitchell is such a lonely girl which i think it's i mean it's beautiful it's it's incredibly beautiful it's the, it, i could talk about it for days and days lonely girl moment okay so emma thompson mm -hmm. has i think it's a friend I think it's a friend. I think it's a friend. Also, plot twist. Um, her brother, brother is, is the, the prime, prime minister. minister. Don't you think it's her little brother? Well, she I says always, it's. It, she, she says, says it's, it's her, her big brother, brother, but it reads little brother. Also, because she's older than him, and also she just gives off big sister vibes. Yeah. Um. Totally. But anyway, so but she her, has a friend, and and I think it's probably like. She was the friend of his wife, mm -hmm. and then she became because she is such that kind of person who like just gets involved in your life. You Absolutely, know? just the best person. Wait, do you think she's a lonely girl, Emma Thompson? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but I think she is the kind of person that like lonely girls flock to. Do you know what I mean? I think Liam Neeson's wife was probably the girl that lonely girls flock to. Mm. Very sad. So Liam Neeson mm. plays the character of Daniel. And Daniel has a son named Sam. Stepson. A, sorry, a stepson named Sam. And that is the most important part. Yeah. Now, I love this story. You love this story. It's Liam great. Neeson plays a dad, a widower, a mm -hmm. grieving widower who has just lost, lost his wife. They have a, cr a funeral like four weeks before Christmas or five weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, his he now is in charge of a stepson who um, is dealing with grief in an interesting way, but is in love with a girl that he goes to school with. Mm -hmm. And so Liam Neeson is trying to be as good of a father as he can. And mm -hmm. so he's sort of encouraging this, his stepson to... Uh, pursue this girl and believe in love and believe that it's possible and they're mm -hmm. both dealing with their grief together. Daniel, Liam mm -hmm. Neeson's character, what do you think is, is his loneliest moment? Um, what do you think? I feel like it's the moment when he's in the kitchen with his friend, Emma mm -hmm. Thompson, and they're talking about how he's never... Uh, how he's he's worried about his son, mm -hmm. how his stepson and Emma Thompson is like he's fine. Mm -hmm. He'll come out of his room. He's grieving. Just check for needles, mm -hmm. you know, so he isn't shooting heroin into his eyeballs mm -hmm. like we do. And Liam Neeson is fine, and then he just breaks down and starts crying. Um, and Emma Thompson is so funny and perfect and is exactly the way that you'd want someone to react when you're grieving, which is buck up. No one's going to want to shag you if you're sad all the time. Mm -hmm. I, lo 
love that. But I think him just sort of very suddenly breaking down into tears in I the kitchen. I think he's wearing a turtleneck while he does it. Oh, and he's wearing a turtleneck while he does it. It's really good. Crying in a turtleneck. Crying in a turtleneck. I think, to me, that's his loneliest moment. I am going to throw you, like, a like a, another side of the lonely girl coin. Okay. The moment of, like, joy kind of makes me emotional, but when uh, his stepson returns to him after... Um, you know, the girl tells, like, yeah. gives her, gives the girl, wait, it's Sam is the kid, right? Sam is the kid. So, um, he has helped Sam get the girl and, um, the girl runs up to him in the airport, kisses him on the cheek and Sam spins around with just bliss on his face and runs to Daniel and with yeah. his arms out, which I think in like the Titanic pose, yeah. which they watched earlier, yes. in the absolute just like peace and joy and togetherness of like they found this love in the midst of this grief of his mom. And we didn't even say how we watched this film together, but we we were driving back from... Rebecca's hometown, which is mm -hmm. like a six-hour drive, and um, we were watching it in the car as I was mm -hmm. driving, and she was, anytime there was like words on the screen or like subtitles, she would like read it out to me. Yeah. Um, and we were both like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. and we were like, it wasn't about the girl, it was about the dad and his son! <laughs> and it's, and that's it's another thing about Richard Curtis is like, Th that concept of, like, we don't know where Sam's dad is, but I kind of think he's also passed. Yeah. Or, you know? like, or just, like, wasn't ever there. Wasn't ever there. And, like, that relationship, it's so specific. But also, you know it's happened. Yeah. And it's never... in that, like, just moment of love where I think both of these people are so lonely. And it's almost like they've been bonded together by this grief... But I think it's like this moment between them, it's theirs. Yeah. You know, it's something. And they're going to be okay. And they're going to be okay. And they've created something separate than just this grief that brought them together. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like, so it's, it's a, it's a shared like lonely girl celebration. So yeah, that's, that's my pitch. I love the character of Sam. I think he's because really it's sweet. The cutest kid ever the cutest kid ever um my favorite thing my I think his lonely girl moment is um when so he learns drums he learns drums he learns drums so he can get the attention of this girl who's singing the solo at like the Christmas show which is apparently the most important thing that ever happens in England mm -hmm. is a children's Christmas choral performance mm -hmm. and there's this one moment where the little girl it's actually sort of I would say the climax of the film oh it's it's 100%. where this in, this little girl who's an incredible singer sings All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, she brings the house down. It's so incredible. And there's at the very end where she's like, all yeah. I want for Christmas is you and you and you. And so her first, she goes, and you, points to Sam. And it's a big you. And then it's like, and you. And she points to someone else. And you just see, he's still <laughs> drumming. But so you bad. see his little face. And he it just goes from being absolutely so ecstatic to being like so pissed yeah and that to me is one of the funniest moments and is his sam's lonely girl moment for sure yeah i i um that was like kind of th those are two moments for very different reasons that i love what's um how do we connect them to oh an... i'm i'm gonna get there oh 
Maddie's Maddie's oh, directing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Essentially, we have this like climactic moment where Sam, you know, Sam is performing. Mm. He's performing famously. I remember as we were watching this, we were like, "Why are these characters at the show? Yeah. Why are they at the show?" And I think that's a perfect way to tie in our next our next mm, pairing of sorts. Yes. Because they are um, a few of my favorites. They're played by Martin Freeman and Joanna Page. Mm -hmm. What are their names? Um, Just Judy, which is adorable, and John. Judy and John and Judy. Oh, I I think, yeah, she goes, um, I'm Judy. I'm Judy. Just Judy. Just Judy. The person on IMDb has a sense of humor. It's so funny. It's so British. Mm -hmm. There is something so British where it is too stand-ins for a porn shoot Mm -hmm. and I do remember watching this at my grandparents house and I remember this scene coming on and I remember my mom having kind of like a oh oh reaction to it Mm -hmm. but then as sort of like the film progressed being like oh that's so sweet Mm -hmm. and I feel like there's something so funny you don't know anything about them I, I guess they're both struggling actors mm-hmm. um, who got paid to be stand-ins mm-hmm. for a porno. Mm-hmm. And so they are essentially put together for a couple weeks, per- having to stand in and pretend to have sex with one another mm-hmm. for the sake of lighting purposes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love is just like the sweetness and the banality of the conversations that they have while they're Mm -hmm. pretending to just like thrust into one another. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. It's so British. It's like my favorite, favorite bit. So clever. And so clever. And it really, to me, is like the story that has the most meat cutes. Like of the meat cutes that happened, like it's the one where you're like, oh, you watch them fall in love. Yeah. You get to watch them like. And it's like if it would have been it's like the couple normally in a rom-com that you're like going for, going for. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just so happens to be their situation yeah. is um, very funny. Yeah. So I don't think either one of them are lonely girls. I don't think they even have lonely girl moments. I think they're just very pure of heart. Yeah. And I love that. I, and I think they're going to be so happy I together. I think they'll, they will be happier than any couple in this entire film. Like I 10,000% know that they made it. Yeah. And like have really cute kids and are like the best parents. I know. And are just so happy they found each other. On the shoot that they are stand in for porn actors. Mm-hmm. So there's a character, Tony, who plays a lighting director on mm-hmm. set. Now, Tony, unfortunately, this is where like Richard Curtis, and he's talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Richard Curtis does not have a ton of representation or diversity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times the actors who are of color mm-hmm. are used as sort of devices to yeah. sort of further the plot. I will say, who is the actor that plays Tony? Abdul Salas. Okay, Abdul Salas. Um, I yes, a hundred percent agree with Rich. What Richard Curtis does with his actors of color. I will say though, Abdul, 
absolutely knocks it out of the park. He has the most generic lines of like, hey, can you massage her breasts? But the way he, he does really it. really delivers. And it's, the way he says it is so it's British. Like, oh, it's you, so you, British. I'm so sorry, Judy. Could you just take your top off? Yeah. And he, like, it's, it's, and that's so British that, like, he's cringing as he says it, but he's, he's like, still oh, going to say so it. Sorry. Could you just, could you just massage? Yeah. No, could you massage them? I'm so sorry. Uh, I just remember watching it this time and going like, he's so good. He is incredible. He is unfortunately used as a bit of like, he doesn't really have many moments. I don't even, I think if he has a lonely girl moment, it's sort of. Maybe just asking someone to take her top off and he doesn't want to. That's pretty lonely that's girl. That's pretty lonely girl. And so that's Tony. Mm -hmm. And Tony has a friend named Colin who is our least favorite part of Absolutely. this entire film. It's so obnoxious and so sexist. I literally was like, let's just fast forward this. I like, really, that's how like annoying it is. And also, actually, I take it back, the Rowan Atkinson is not the most um, misplaced. It, it's the Co Collins... His trip to Wisconsin or whatever. Mm. It's, it, it's so... It's so weird and it's so like, it's not even funny because it, it would be funny if he like went in and it was this like whole fantasy experience where like he truly feels like he's about to have all of these, in, you know, have this like insane three, four way with mm -hmm. four hot girls mm -hmm. um, in Wisconsin and then it turns out that, like, one of them is, like, a murderer. Like, yeah. that would be fun. That's what I thought was going to happen the yeah. first time I saw it. But, no, it's just, it's, like, hot girls, American hot girls who I love can, British accents. Well, I will spin it in one way for us. Is the stereotype that, not that all girls are into British guys, but all American girls are insanely hot. You know, honestly. <laughs> sure. I mean, I agree. We are all we are American, so and we're insanely hot. And yeah. I don't know a single American girl who isn't insanely hot. I so. know, famously. Yeah, honestly, I don't even really want to talk about that one because so, it's so lame and it's and it, so dumb. It's just the worst. And it also dead ends our spider web. No, it doesn't. I just realized he's a waiter with canapes at the wedding. At the wedding. <gasps> yes. We He's a it. waiter at the wedding of Peter and Juliet. Now, that being a waiter at a wedding, that is his very, most lonely That girl. is very lonely girl. Okay, fine. Okay, fine, Colin. Having to travel to a foreign country in order to get laid, very, very lonely, lonely girl. girl. Go, Colin. Blah. I'm sorry you suck and have a weird face. So, so Juliet and Peter, mm. this is like... This is my, like, I hate this story. I think it's so annoying. But to me, like, this is love, actually. Mm -hmm. These two scenes that you get with Juliet and Andrew. Mm -hmm. Is it Andrew? Shit. Okay. Juliet. Juliet. And Mark. Okay. Mark is the, the friend. friend. And then Peter. Peter is the husband. Okay. So husband. we've got we've got Juliet, played by Kira Knightley. We have uh, her new husband, the character of Peter. Played by Chiwetel Ejiofor and Peter's best friend, Mark, played by Andrew Lincoln. That's mm -hmm. why I kept calling him Andrew. Played by Andrew Lincoln. Now, when we sort of enter into the film, we kind of get the vibe that maybe, like, Andrew has, like, he doesn't like Peter's new wife. Mm -hmm. He does not like 
this girl that Peter's about to marry. And you're kind of like, why? She seems so nice mm -hmm. and so pretty. And you get all these scenes of him just sort of like longingly staring at the two of them. Mm -hmm. Not even longingly. It's just like, it's very, it's very British in that he's just staring, you know? Um, and it led us into a conversation last night of like, what if I called you and said, hey, Maddie, I met the one and you meet him. And I meet him and I'm like, I'm in love with you. I'm in love with this man. And respectfully, I said, I would just keep my distance from you and, say, and him. No, me too. Well, like, I would only be around you two together. Mm -hmm. But if like, I couldn't be around even the two of you, mm -hmm. I would just like, I would just keep my distance for a little bit. Yeah. And I, I would get over it. Yeah, you would. But do you know what? You wouldn't do. I would not film him. I would not constantly. Like if I just like had a video camera and you were like, Maddie, can you please take like photos and videos of the wedding? I would be like, Yes, of course. And I would not give evidence to the fact that I was like secretly in love with your fiance slash potential husband. Yeah. And I would get over it. I do have to say Kira Knightley cast as Juliet. Just like you just see her because she doesn't really get to do anything. And but sure, she's very pretty, but you just, you as the audience just do fall in love with her. She also just like, she has such little to work with. So little. And you honestly, I mean, she's like the period piece queen. You so rarely see her in like anything contemporary. She's always mm -hmm. in sort of like these regal costumes of yore mm -hmm. um but seeing her be this sort of like young girl and being kind of like well i've bought a banoffee pie and i just i thought i'd come over and see if we could find it yeah and i think it's like you so get why mark is like in yeah. love with her but you're also like mark get the fuck over get over yeah. it we don't have to talk about Peter's lonely moment because I don't think he's a lonely girl. Unfortunately, he is like the only other actor of color in the entire film, and he's also used as a bit of a device. And also, I mean, honestly, he wasn't given enough to work with to have a lonely girl moment. Hey, lonely girls! Hey, if you're um, checking into the podcast right now. We definitely did not stop. Recording, mm -hmm. go out with friends, friends and have and a, a total of like debaucherous night. A decidedly debaucherous night. Mm -hmm. We are not now drinking iced coffee. Yep. At 11 17. 11 17 to get the rest of this episode out. That's not happening at all. You want to know what did not happen? What? Tell me. Um, Andrew and Juliet. Mm. Sorry, it's true. Mark and Juliet. It Mark and Juliet did not happen. I can't stop calling him Andrew. It's because that's the name of the actor. The actor, but the actor was so real. I know, was so and I present. And I think that really is a testament to his skill as an actor yeah. that I can't stop calling him anything but Andrew. Okay, hear me out. When okay. you think love, actually, yeah. What's the scene you think of? The cards. Exactly. It's always the cards. I feel like there's nothing more quintessential mm -hmm. than Mark mm -hmm. standing in front of. Kira Knightley's door, mm -hmm. Juliet, mm -hmm. played by Kira Knightley. Famously. And in perfect sort of uh, all caps, 
marker board on cards. Where did he get those cards, do you think? Uh, Where did he get that poster board? So here's the thing. Um, in the UK, in the US, I would just say he went to Walmart. He went to Staples. He went to Staples. He went to the Staples Center. He went to Home Depot. <laughs> he went to the Staples Center. <laughs> Stole some signs. Yeah. Um, the thing about the UK that's really annoying is like boots is a place where they have a lot of... Th they don't have the equivalent Wait, of a Walmart. Rebecca, how do you know that? Um, guys. Is it because you lived in London? Guys, um, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> I lived in London. Oh my gosh, ding no, dong. So I actually, even though I did famously live in <laughs> London, I actually have no clue what the right store is to get giant card stock what about a large permanent marker like one of those fat sharpies you know what i'm talking about fat sharpies <laughs> that fat stinky sharpie, sharpie. <laughs> um yeah i have i have no idea famously yeah so like okay so andrew really loves this girl he does okay let's give a little context for andrew julia and peter mm. i think we did actually we started talking about it yeah uh we keep calling him Andrew. That's my fault. Well, you I'm keep so calling. sorry. So there's Mark. Mark. There's Peter and there's Juliet. Yes. Peter and Juliet got married. Famous. Mark is in love with Juliet because mm -hmm. it's Kira Knightley and how could you not be in love Who with Kira Knightley? So let's to like get into all of this. What do you let's just dive right in. What is Juliet's lonely girl moment? I do think it is the moment where she opens the door mm. and she's like Hi. Mm. That's her lonely girl moment. What do you think? I think that to Okay, here we go. So you're nervous. Okay. Your your husband's best friend doesn't like you. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I go to Boots. I go to Boots. I go to No, uh... no you go to a local bakery. Okay. And you're like I've Got it. This man who has never wanted me around. This is actually such a Rebecca thing to do. Yeah. Is like someone doesn't want me there. So what do I do? And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy him a a, a niche present, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't even. What is banoffee pie? Banoffee pie is has like wafers. Mm -hmm. It's got those like long, those oblong wafers, mm -hmm. and it's a cream. So it's like a, it's a. a, a a parfait, mm -hmm. I guess that's what you'd call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a banoffee pie. So it's not technically a pie. It's yeah. more like cream and wafer and like uh, chocolate. I think. It's like banana pudding. Exactly. Okay. So that is exactly what I would do is yeah. I know someone doesn't like me. I don't, they don't really for my life to be okay. I don't, they don't need to like me, but I'm still going to get them a whole mass of banana pudding and bring it to them. And sort of like bar, not barge, but sort of... Just like kind of, it, it just kind of like... Get uh, into in, their impose. Home. Yeah. yeah. Like I wasn't I'm beautiful there. and I'm Kira Knightley. And, and I can kind of do that. And I, no one's ever been like, it's never really like not worked out for me. And I will say y'all, if you're trying to get someone to like you that doesn't, just bring them a present. Yeah. That's actually really it's very good. very disarming. I am... Um, I don't like, there are people that I really don't like. Yeah. And if those people wanted, if those people showed up with a present for me, I'd have to reconsider. 
I every single time I get a present, I reconsider. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, what about Mark? Mark, because I th- okay, so I think this might be a situation. I'm taking back my lonely girl moment. Love it. I think Mark and Juliet might, out of all of our couples, have the same lonely girl moment. Say it. I think Mark's lonely girl moment mm-hmm. is watching Juliet come to the realization that he's in love with her. Mm. And I think Juliet, her realization is that her new husband's best friend is in love with her. While... This is the lonely girl moment. describe what's happening during this song so right because some people just like, can't hear you <laughs> jam into some piano and understand what's happening is juliet is sitting on an ottoman mm. an ottoman ottoman and a vhs a vhs recording of peter and juliet's wedding mm-hmm. is playing and this is video footage that Mark took from the wedding. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, <laughs> it's all of me. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is one of those films that's like, the score is everything. <sighs> the score is everything. The score is everything. It's so good. And Mark... What happens with Mark is he is watching his secret, his like deep, dark, unrelenting secret get shown to the girl that he is deeply, deeply infatuated with. Can you imagine? No. No, I can't. I can't either. I think that I think that's the loneliest girl moment in the entire film. Mm-hmm. Emma Thompson crying to Jenny Ooh, Mitchell. Yeah, I just I can't talk. But about like, that. I mean, but that song. That's, if that song wasn't there, and it's, I, I think it's. Yeah, I think you explained it perfectly. I think it's a really. I think people might say, like, oh, the act of filming someone is very Lonely Girl. Creepy filming is Lonely Girl. But having it revealed and, like, watched. But also I think what's great about this is how I think when you're in the throes of some kind of dark obsession, you almost feel, like, trapped. Like, this is the rest of my life. I am always going to be kind of in the shadows videotaping. And when it finally gets released, mm-hmm. when it's finally revealed. Mm-hmm. What does he say? Enough? Oh, okay. She watches this and she's like, but but you don't like me. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, the tape just needs some editing. Um, you can let yourself out. And he goes and he like walks outside the, f- the flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, um, he like does this, oh, he does so much acting. Where, so much Oh acting. my gosh, he's acting so hard. Where he like walks in the alleyway and then he's like, oh, I'm going to walk back. No. 
Oh, that's some good acting. And then he's like, I should walk back and tell her no. And then um, he makes the decision. <laughs> he makes the decision where he's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to leave. I'm not going to talk to her about it. I can't. I can't reveal. Mm. And then he um, partially. He t- oh, yes. <laughs> he has a half zip on. He has a half zip on. He has like a crew neck, mm-hmm. a half zip crew neck on. And he just goes, he zips it up all the way and he walks Which is out. just him zipping up his feelings. But what you were saying is, so after, mm-hmm. after um, we have that iconic card scene the scene the scene the love actually scene where he's revealing to her to me you are perfect mm-hmm. hopefully by this time next year i'll be with someone else mm-hmm. but to me you are perfect and i am in love with you mm-hmm. and i know that like christmas is the time of year to tell you tell people how you feel and i know like you don't know me and you'll never be with me and that's fine mm-hmm. but i need to let you know how do you feel about her that i was just about to ask that mm-hmm. her kissing him mm-hmm I think it's fine. Right, Rosie? Rosie just threw up a little bit. <laughs> Could you hear that? Yeah. Rosie doesn't agree. I don't know. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I think it really depends on the person. I think if I was Peter, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be cool with it. No. But do I think Kara Knightley and Peter should be together forever? No. No, but also I think, yeah, and I don't think she's supposed to be with Mark. No, 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 no. I just think it's one of those things where it's like, you're young, things happen, and she's like, hey, for whatever this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want to make any more noises? Do you want your, as, as you a, have an opinion on Kira Knightley, right, Rosie? As a tiny cat who's only capable of making four different noises. <laughs> She's made two of them in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. She's really, I, you know what? I think we should take this as a sign. I don't think what Keira Knightley did was cool. I don't think it's cool either. Listen, I don't think it's cool, Mm -mm. but I think there are less cool things that you can do in life. Totally. And I think think it's also like she was not put in a position that is comfortable for many. No. Like that's not fun being told that. She took it pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't think it's cool, and I also don't think it's the end of the world. No, exactly. Yeah, there are so many things that we accept that are less cool in the movie. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so one what? thing that we find out at the end of the film, we're mm-hmm. wrapping up, we're wrapping Wrap, up towards wrapping, the end wrapping, of the film, there's wrapping. this beautiful scene where everyone is reuniting at the airport, and we get like uh, the Beach Boys. God only knows what I'd be without you. It's <gasps> the most romantic song of all time. Mm-hmm. It's all time. Mm-hmm. And we discover that Peter, Mark, and Juliet have a set of couple friends, wow. or they have a friend mm-hmm. um, who has basically like come back from France that they're meeting at the airport, and we realize it's someone that we've been following this entire film, who I would argue is part of, like, the principal cast. This is an A-tier story. It is. And it is none other than Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Playing Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I wouldn't say that I, like, love him in this movie, but it's Colin Firth, and you can't, like... 
I'm like, yeah, of course. He he has that thing, and I I'm not saying uh, Hugh Grant should play Uncle Jamie. However, <laughs> he has one of those. If you things... swapped Hugh Grant and Colin Firth in their mm-hmm. roles, they could have done it. I think they could have, because both of them have that thing where they're really hard to hate. Yeah. And and they might even give you reason to. That's funny because they're both also in Bridget Jones's diary. Oh. But this, this. And none of them are in Harry Potter. So Colin Firth plays Jamie. Okay, Jamie, who, this is the other thing that Richard Curtis does, is he gives us this thing that makes them really hard to hate. Yeah. Jamie, the first thing you see is how much he adores his girlfriend and or wife. Yeah. Leaves to go to a wedding. Because she's sick. Because she's sick. (laughs) And um, he comes home in between the wedding and the reception to check on her. And his brother is there. Yeah. And he's like such a jovial guy. He like mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, do you think we should go have lunch with Mother? We've been bad sons lately. Mm-hmm. What a reveal! What a reveal! And then, um, and his brother is like a little nervous. And then you hear, honestly, this is one of the most like okay moments in the film, where his wife is like, "Come back here, big." Guy, I want to have you at least two more times before mm-hmm. Jamie gets home. Like, she could not have given, like, a line read that was more like, here's some exposition on what we've been mm-hmm. up to. So his wife is cheating on him with his brother. Yeah. That's a little... That's tough to deal with. That's tough. And... So he goes to France. He goes to France. He's a writer. He's, he's Stephen King. He's Stephen King, as we as we famously... Have we told each... We figured we, it out. We yeah. told each other. Or um, what's that other one that writes all those... Um, James Patterson? James Patterson. Yeah. He's a Stephen King James Patterson in our mind. Yeah. And... Um, but he has a cabin. But what's funny... Is like, I, I don't know if he owns it or if he's, he's renting, renting it. it. But what's funny is he has a housekeeper every single day and he's there alone. How much of a mess is he making, really? And also, though, he's so rich, he has a full-time housekeeper to do nothing. But also, he is not rich enough for her to have a car. Right? He has to drive, drive her, her home. That does feel like such a specific rich person thing. Yeah. That, like, I wonder if Richard Curtis ever had, like, a hot housemaid mm-hmm. that he just, like, maybe had to drive home once or twice. And then he was like, and he I'm was like, into it. He was like, let's expand on this in my mind. Yeah. I think you also know? he just kind of needed a way to get them together. So, anyways, he has a... What is she? Aurelia is... Aurelia is Portuguese. Okay. So... Um, he's in France, and he initially begins to try to speak French, bad French. Bad French. Bad. Really bad French. So we're already off to a not-so-great yeah. start. Um, but uh, it turns out that this housekeeper, her mm-hmm. name is Aurelia, she's played by Lucia Manes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's beautiful. She's so cute. A greatest little choppy, choppy shaggy bob. 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 2003 Bob. Yeah. Mandy she, Moore could never. Oh, never, never. Um, and they, I, I don't know, like their story, I think in theory, I would say like their get together is the most romantic out of all of yeah. the ones in the film, but their, the formation of their romance is, mm, it's a little, it's a little, mm, mm. I do, whoa, 
what do you think is their most, what do you think is Colin Firth's most lonely girl moment? Oh, so many. For one, like, uh, finding, yeah. Yeah, like finding the, out. So, finding out the, the thing with the brother. But also, I just want to say, if we're to give Colin, Uncle Jamie, some pep talk, good on you, Uncle Jamie. Yeah. Your response to this, going to a cottage in France, Excellent response. Yes, I think that's like a perfect way. Excellent of like, response. I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm yeah. gonna get some space. Yeah. And then having a crush. On that's not bad. No. Having a crush on your housekeeper who doesn't speak, speak the same language as you. No, not who's younger than you. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's a little. It's not. It's not. That. That great. is. That's not what we were going for. I don't love it. However, what However. I do love is uh, they do sort of develop, that's the thing with this film is that a lot of the like falling in love happens when we're gone. Mm -hmm. Like we go to other people when like big moments happen. And so when we meet them at first, they're just sort of like talking. They're just sort of like seeing one another. And then he's like driving her home and we get like this moment where she accidentally like, like all of his papers like fall into a lake and it's this whole thing and mm. and um you know they they warm up but he makes her tea and she wears a blanket and she's got a back tattoo and now she's like a woman to him and they say to one another like he says in english oh i know what it is he says in he says uh it's this my favorite part of the day is driving you home and she says in portuguese leaving you is the saddest part of my day. And you're sort of like, okay. Like, I didn't see any of that, but I believe that enough time has passed. I've spent I've spent enough time with other characters. It's technically been like three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Which um, is a lot of time if everything we're basing this on is not their ability to talk to each other. Exactly. But what I do love about them is that at a certain point, he's leaving. He drops her off for the last time. And they just sort of share like a look. I think she kisses she him. She kisses him. Did she kiss him on the cheek though? I think she kisses him. Okay, but also that's Portuguese. We see at, in the and that last oh, scene where everyone true. is kissing him. And I, I could see him being like, "Oh, maybe this is a Portuguese tradition." He's also very silly. He's I also think silly. he probably overthought it. Man. But he does spend like a few weeks learning Portuguese yeah. and that is really sweet that to me is like oh okay that's my favorite part and and also the magic of filmmaking yeah. Richard Curtis I didn't read to you everything you, you know when they're talking to each other even though yes. you've seen but it, it's those little corresponding things of like he's sitting there munching on baked goods and like the magic of filmmaking where whatever they're talking about they're always talking to each other. They just yeah, don't know it. So exactly. like Colin Firth's eating some cookies and she's like, careful, you're gaining weight every day. And then he's like, I can, and he doesn't understand her. And he's like, isn't it great? I can eat these every day and I don't gain any weight. Yeah. And they're both always talking about they the same are, things. They are talking to one another. But they can't hear they're, each other. Exactly. Which is, I think that moment is the most filmmaking yeah but it is moment. it's beautiful it's romantic and that's why when people are like "Ooh, that's toxic you're like yeah. yeah and it's a movie and it's also a movie like we're also like also the prime minister is hugh grant aurelia's lonely yeah. girl moment i think she's our last one yeah no 
Gosh, I'm excited. Okay. Wow. Aurelia's lonely girl moment. I do think it was probably the time that we didn't see where she was learning English. That one, yeah. Where she's I, learning English for a man that she cleaned a house for. Yeah, and yeah. Who went back to America. I And I think just as a juxtaposition moment, I think there's something very lonely girl about being in a car, being driven home. Oh, yeah. This guy won't shut up. And you're kind of like, I even feel no need to respond to you. Yeah. Because you don't understand me, and you're being so silly right now. Yeah. And I love you. And I'm in love with you, because yeah. you're Colin Firth, and you're so hot. Okay, um, so we have one character left, who I would Ooh. say arguably is the loneliest girl. The loneliest girl. girl. We've said that before. I know we said it about Emma Thompson, but I actually take it back. Yeah. How do we tie this to Colin Firth? How do we tie her to Colin Firth? Okay, so Colin Firth has friends uh -huh. who got married at a wedding. At a wedding? That Laura Linney was at. Oh, she was. She was at the wedding. Yeah, she was. She wore a little uh, a little hat. She wore a beanie to a wedding. Laura. Laura. She also is like one of the only Americans. Yeah. And my little casting story, which I think is cute. Yes. It's Richard Curtis working with the casting director, he just kept going like, I'm looking for someone, like a Laura Lenny type, like a Laura Lenny. And eventually the cast, because obviously they were probably auditioning British actors. Yes. He's like, I'm looking for someone like Laura Lenny. And eventually I think the casting director, I like to imagine, just got so annoyed. He was like, what if we just ask what, fucking what if, Laura Lenny? I don't know what it is. I think all casting directors are women. You're right. She was like, no, 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 I know. But that's, as soon as you said that, I was like, it was a girl. And I was like, I don't know if it's a girl. Cat I just think casting, they're girls. All casting directors are, are women. women. But anyways, the casting director was just eventually just like, okay, shut up. Let's just get Laura Let's Lenny. Let's just see if Laura Lenny is available. Yes. Um, I actually, and she was. And she was. There was once I had a rehearsal where Laura Lenny had just been in like 10 minutes earlier. Wow. They were like, Laura just left. And all of us were like, no, my darling, no. <laughs> no, my darling. No, my, da no, no, my no, darling. darling. You want to know what's something really interesting watching Laura Lenny in this performance? Like, yes, mm. it's always been heartbreaking. Yeah. But as an adult yeah. who has siblings that they love, mm -hmm. I felt for her so deeply. Yeah. Richard Curtis is like incredibly generous mm -hmm. with the characters in this film. Except for Laura Linney's character. Laura Linney. There's something incredibly cruel about her story. And do you know what's also so cruel about it? The little, the dagger in the heart is how generically hot oh Carl my is. God. He's like a straight up Adonis. He, lo he looks like a romance a he looks romance like Fabio. Novel. He's a Fabio. He literally, it's disgusting. Yeah, he just, and it's honestly. They didn't even cast like a, like a cute, hot, like a, like a cute hot It's not guy. even like a, like no, a Martin like, Freeman who you're like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to cast the like most. Sex. Like sex. Like we're going to cast sex. Sex. And then we're going to make him put on glasses, pretend he's not <laughs> sex. And then when it's time for sex, he takes off the glasses. It's it, a full on sh uh, she's all that moment. Yeah. It's like. It's, they should have played Kiss Me by Sixpence, None the Richer. It's really funny. 
And it honestly kind of for a minute makes you like Laura Lenny a little less. Because she's <laughs> like, I've been in love with with Carl for so long. That was and a good you, Laura Lenny. Thank you. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to, but it came out better than yeah, I thought. Yeah, it's good. And then you're kind of like, well, not duh. And Alan Rickman was like, <laughs> wait, wait. Do it, do it. No, no, no. Say, um, does he know? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, does he know? Yes. <laughs> Ev no, wait, hold on. Everybody knows. No, like, I think I, it's everyone. Everyone knows. <laughs> I don't think he, yeah. That was, that was amazing. And, uh, yeah, that's a really good Alan Rickman, I of think, course. I think, I think you should go on Jimmy Fallon tonight yeah, to I do should. it again. Alan Rickman's employee, who I was, mm -hmm. I'm assuming is some sort of, like, associate director or, like, a graphic designer. Yeah. She's an artist. So, um, what, what happens? What is what is her loneliest moment? <sighs> the whole, actually, okay. This is my take for her loneliest moment. I okay, cool. The Christmas party, the mm. slow dance. Mm. That to me is the most lonely girl moment. Because to me, that is like, that's the thing that she never thought would happen. Because I think when you get like to the point of like physicality and sex, it's sort mm. of like uh, that sort of strips away a lot of like the romance from it but the idea of them slow dancing at the Christmas party and the look on her face doesn't it make doesn't it like break your fucking heart no and the song that they play <sighs> I want to say there there are a lot of other ones but I think what really is the nail like the heartbreak for so many audience members is you when she is alone with Carl in her bedroom, and her pink slip has her been loft. slipped, her loft, her pink slip she's wearing under her, her under her party dress yes. has been slipped over the shoulders. So it's bra, and then underneath is the slip that hasn't come all the way off. Yes. And she gets the phone the first time, and she's like, oh, my darling, yes, the Pope, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she hangs up. And then Carl's like, sometimes things are interrupted, and that's yeah. okay. And, and you're like, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, this okay. is so beautiful. Okay, he's, okay, he's gonna be cool, cool with it. But like he's at, like this is like he's gonna be a good guy for her. Exactly. And like even that first moment of grabbing the phone, you're kind of like, don't do it. And then she does. And then it's the second one where you, she's looking at Carl, and you watch her choose, not Carl. I would like to say, maybe that's not the lonely girl moment for Laura Lenny, but I it do want to say for Carl. For Carl. You know when you're a hot, 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 hot. man hot. in tiny black underwear, and you've never oh, the been... the tiniest underwear. Under, and you've never been turned down in your whole, whole life. Life. why would you? And, and then this woman won't stop answering the phone. <laughs> And you're sitting on the edge of the bed. That shot is so good. It's so good. And, and it's both so of them are sad. like on different edges of the bed holding so like their heads. So freaking sad. So anyways, that's definitely Carl's lonely moment. But Laura Linney's and like just like also though I think part of it is like the choice she makes when she's visiting her brother and also, though, what I do appreciate about that is you don't see her with her brother when he, like, tries to hurt her. And you don't see her with a look of, like, what have I done? 
She she just she's like you're my brother and I'm here. I will say what I don't know if you remember, but oh. at the very end of the film, it's oh. like late at night, and she's like on her tilted up desk, mm-hmm. and Carl's Carl's leaving late, and he says oh yeah 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 he says goodbye to her. Um, and she has that moment where she's like, fine. And then she starts to cry. So she calls her brother. That's the lonely girl moment. That's the lonely girl moment. That's really sad. It's really fucking sad. Because I also just think Carl just saying bye, I think that also kind of confirms he's not the one. I know. Because like, her, now is Laura's relationship with her brother perfectly healthy no No. but also those kind of as we know those kind of relationships are so complicated seriously and and there is no guidebook for the healthiest way a hundred percent to deal with a relationship like yes no no there's not and i think i think if i think that's a small price to pay for someone like laura lenny you know Okay, so on that really super fun, positive note, Ooh. I think we have covered the breadth of of love, actually, of, of the, the lonely characters in love, actually. Yeah, and so why, what do we actually not love? I think we talked about it a little bit. There's a lot of tokenism. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, there's an there's, undercurrent of sexism. And there's no queer representation. Absolutely none. Uh, gay people don't exist. Mm-mm. Like, I don't even think, like, like, like gay best friend. Like, a literally male like, gay best friend doesn't even only exist. only men and women. And they're all white. Yeah. Okay. We don't love that. No, actually. No, actually. We don't. We don't love that. Okay. I'm sure there are other things we don't love. But, um, but off the tops of our heads, mm. we don't love, um, n- as, as most romantic comedies are from the... Uh, age of um, the dawn of time until right now um, it is not often that women people of color uh, anyone of any non-cisgendered heterosexuality are represented and that's a bummer we don't like that but here's to hoping that actually in the future we will love um, uh, the way that uh, 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 all are represented mm-hmm. To close out, yeah. what do we actually love? about? Why do we actually love Love Actually? I think I've done a pretty good job of expressing throughout this movie of like pairing with like Hugh Grant in his employee, no, no, no. But like there, I think this is why we have a complicated relationship with Love Actually. Because is, actually we have a complicated relationship with, with love. love. <clears throat> But I think it's also, I think this film would be a really obnoxious Mm rom-com. But because it's a holiday Mm rom-com, I do think why it stands the test of time is because more than anything, it captures the holiday spirit. Mm -hmm. It's really not about love at the end of the day. It's about what the holiday season can inspire inside of you. Mm -hmm. Holidays can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. Holidays can make you aware of what you lack and what you have. Mm-hmm. And I think Richard Curtis 
did a really good job evoking a very specific like feeling. I feel Christmas when I watch this film. Yeah. And also London at Christmas. What a great place to put it. You know, like just makes you want to shut up. <laughs> no, but it's a beautiful no, 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 no. city. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I think it it makes us go back to a certain time. Yeah. And also the holidays are lonely. And also I think it it hits really well all these different events one goes to alone. Yes. And all these events moments that you have by yourself over the holidays and uh and and you sort of i think it it can and i think what we love actually Mm -hmm. about it is at the end we feel like those who have persevered for the sake of love are triumphant yeah and that's why we actually love it. I agree. And you want to know who we actually love? We love mm-hmm. you lonely girls. We we love you. We know the holidays might be hard. We are very lucky that we get to be together. It's true. Yeah, we're very lucky. And we know that y'all have a lot of friends who make you feel less lonely that maybe you don't get to see over the holiday season. Yes. And so that's why we... For one, we just wanted to talk about this because we love Love Actually. We do. We actually, actually love, love Love Actually. But also like a little Christmas surprise. A little Christmas surprise. Anyways, if you follow us on socials, yeah. I don't think you're that's yeah. a surprise. We're yeah, no, not together. at all. Um, uh, if you actually love us, mm. you know, if you actually love us, if you actually <laughs> love us, if you love us actually, mm. um, and you want to further the, the, lo- the, the lonely girls journey, mm-hmm. you can follow the lonely girls podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram and on TikTok. Mm-hmm. If you would like to actually like me, that's mm-hmm. fine. You don't have to love me. Mm. You don't even have to like me. Mm-hmm. Just follow. But you will respect me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me on at Madeline Turner on TikTok and at Turner Madeline on Instagram. And Rebecca, mm. if they actually love you, yeah. where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Botter and on TikTok at Botter Rebecca. And please, 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 please. Leave us five stars. Leave us five Christmas wreaths. Leave us five Christmas surprises. If you really love Christmas, this, come on and let it snow. Good reviews. Snow good reviews. Please. Let it snow good reviews. All right. Okay, so lonely girls, as always, what we want you to remember mm-hmm. is stay lonely, but not alone. We love you. We love you. Good. Bye. Happy Merry holidays. holidays. <laughs> Bye. Bye.